Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's right, they might be giants. Today, I have Hutch Harris of The Thermals, Hutch and Kathy, and now a solo artist here with me to talk about the song Dead off of the 1990 album Flood. I returned a bag of groceries accidentally taking off the shelf before the expiration date. I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally taking off the shelf before the day stamped on my sound. Did a large procession wave their torches as my hand fell. Yo. All right. Hey, Hutch. Yo, yo, yo. How you doing? Good. How are things on the the cool West Coast? Pretty good. It's cold and rainy here. But yeah, isn't it always though? Yeah. (laughs) It's cold. It's cold and rainy here too. It snowed yesterday and then warmed up a little bit for it to mist on top of the snow to put a sheet of ice on top of the snow. Where are you? I'm in Lafayette, Indiana. Oh, okay. Right. Yes, I grew up in Chicago, and this is about two and a half hours from Chicago. So, solidly Midwest, and we don't get a whole lot of the Chicago area, like lake effect snow, but we still get a lot of uh, shitty shitty weather, and it was like negative 10, and then a week later, Whoa. it was 50. What? <laughs> yeah, it seriously shifted 60 degrees in the span of a week. It was nuts. But, you know, I guess, you know, I could move if I wanted to. Have you always been in the the, the Northwest? I lived in California before uh, before this. But, yeah, I've been in Portland like 20 years now. So. Okay. So, yeah. Half of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, let's just tell uh, the uh, let's tell the uninitiated here. I, I'm hoping that there's some some solid overlap of people that like your stuff and and they might be giants uh they might be giants seem to be a band that people of all walks of life like and i'm finding people that that i think are you know like metalheads or people that are into like edm and i'm like finding all that like there's a lot of people that like they might be giants that you know i never may have guessed would be fans of they might be giants so i was very happy to find out you were a fan of them but let's tell people a little bit about yourself and how you got started um before we get to the map giants about your musical history how you got started and um how you came up in the rock and roll world how did you get started playing music um uh, my dad got me a guitar when i was 15 uh, my dad's a he was a professional pianist um so he was always nice. like supportive of me getting into music and then yeah i just had a bunch of bands in high school and afterwards and then uh, Kathy and I moved to Portland when, uh, we were 21 or 22. And then a couple of years later started the thermals. Did you two meet? So you met in California. Did you go to school together? No, we met right after high school. Um, Kathy is from Sunnyvale and I'm from San Jose. So <clears throat> pretty close. Um, yeah. And then we just met through the punk scene in, uh, in San Jose. Nice. Nice. Are there any, uh, notable bands that have recordings or anything of, uh, like your, your, young young days that that we could like bust out here on the podcast 
I don't know. A lot of them, I mean, all the bands recorded, but a lot of them, I don't, it's all like pre, like everything being digital. So it's like, yeah. on just like old cassettes or stuff. Oh, um, a lot yeah. of that stuff, I think it's probably yeah. a good thing that you can't access <laughs> it. <laughs> I know. I've started uh, ripping a bunch of my old band stuff because I, I mean, I came up in the, I was in high school in the mid nineties. And so my first recordings were on four tracks and eight tracks and stuff. And I've, I've started digitizing that stuff for my friends and and not very much of it has been made public. But when I had Marty on, the drummer of They Might Be Giants, his uh the guitarist of his high school band digitized a cassette just for me. Oh of, nice. We played the song from the a band he was in in nineteen eighty four. Cool. Yeah, a lot of that <laughs> yeah, stuff I'm glad. I'm not gonna, that, I'm uh, not gonna request that. I'm not gonna request that. <laughs> <of you. laughs> it's nice. It's, it's some it's nice to have some stuff still be rare. <laughs> Come on, uh, the, this might be a podcast exclusive. Hutch at sixteen. <laughs> so, so then, um, so then, Hutch and Kathy, the duo y- you guys had. So we're talking. What years are we talking? Did, did you form that that duo? Um, so we that was like two thousand to two thousand two. By the time we got our. By the time the Hutch and Kathy record came out, like I had already made the demos for that Thermals record. So oh, really? when we, yeah, like I was making like that first Thermals record in like spring of two or winter of 2002. And then in the spring, Kathy and I went on tour and it was while we were on that, there was only one Hutch and Kathy tour or back then there was just one. And it mm-hmm. was while we were on the Hutch and Kathy tour that Sub Pop emailed us and they were interested in the thermals. And so we were like, we, uh-huh. we, should, get, we should get home and do this other band that people care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got to jump on that. So so More Parts Per Million came out, uh, I don't have it in front of me, is that 2002? That was, so that was like a year later. It came out in March of 2003. And so you had you played everything on that record, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's play something from that record. What what you know? I don't know. What do you think? They're what, all great. What, what should we play? They're all great. Um, let's see. I, I mean, you can think... play No Culture Icons. That was the single. Sure. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, Time to Lose is a really good one. Yeah. I mean, I like all those songs. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We'll we'll spin a couple clips in here. Let's uh let's listen to the Thermals No Culture Icons. And then my introduction to you, when I was in college in, uh, yeah, the early aughts, well, the first record I heard of yours was fucking A. And when that came into our college radio station with that title, <laughs> with the, with the, what a, with the, a redundant advisory sticker. I mean, the record's called fucking right, A. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. Just to make and, sure you got that sticker on there. Right. Right. And it was on Sub Pop and like, Sub Pop was like going through another renaissance, like around that time. Like everything on Sub Pop was good. 
around the turn of the century there. Yeah, it's like when the Shins were on Sub Pop and that Postal uh-huh. Service record had just come out and like that first Iron and Wine record. The Hot Hot Heat record that came oh, out. Oh, yeah, so that. good. So, so good. good, yeah. And uh, and my wife and I did a, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we did a radio show together and uh, we saw that cover out and we we're like, holy hell, like what? what is acceptable to play on the radio here? And I know they had some, you know, stuff listed that we could play. Right. And uh, I think it was a stare like yours was on like the, the like play this one list, I think. Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like to this day is my favorite Thermals re- song because oh, cool. uh, that, I don't know, that always happens. Like the introduction to a band, like the thing that hooks me to a band, like just latches on and is my favorite thing forever. Obviously, then you had the Body Blood Machine, which is probably a record that you guys are most known for. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I think my favorite record overall is probably Now We Can See, which was after oh, that. Cool. Right. So you guys put out seven, six? Yeah, records? seven records. Seven? Yeah. I think I reviewed four of them on Punk News. Oh, cool. Uh, for you guys. And uh, really, just I'm just a huge fan of the band. Oh, thanks, man. I think I would like to play one more clip, and I think I'm going to play one from uh, Now We Can See. And let's do When I Died. Cool. fun one to scream along in the car Rad. definitely <laughs> uh yeah so um so then the thermals you guys disbanded um well i don't know when when did it officially like go from the thermals to you you decide to go solo or i'm not really sure the details honestly yeah and we we've actually by the time we announced it we had been broken up already for like almost a year we just hadn't told anyone like uh-huh. we consider our we did a couple shows uh at the doug fur in portland in summer of 2017 um that we considered the 
to be the final shows, but we just didn't tell anyone. And right. we knew were, yeah. it was going to be like, our last, this is our last but, show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was cool. I didn't want to make a big deal about it at all. I didn't want to go on like a farewell tour and milk it at all. I just wanted to, uh, yeah, to just play a couple of last shows and then break up. And, um, yeah, so it was really it was one of those things that was really sentimental for us in the band, but no one else. Sure. There was a couple of our friends at the show that we told. Um, <laughs> the rest so of the crowd was like, why are yeah. you guys crying? <laughs> why are you crying during the last song? <laughs> but it felt good. Like, the shows were awesome. And then, actually, like, after uh, Fred Cole from Dead Moon passed away, uh, his oh. wife, Tootie, who's in the band, too, she asked us to play this memorial show. And it had been, like, six months or so, and we still hadn't told anyone. <laughs> um <laughs> And it was funny because our agent was like, who didn't want us to break up? He was like, hey, why don't you just like not tell anyone? And then like, if there's some really great offer, you can still take it if you want. Um, and this wasn't, it's not like this was a great offer like financially, but it was like really special. And we loved Dead Moon and it was 2D. Yeah. So of course we played that. But then after that, I was like, okay, let's announce it so we can like, I just wanted to move on. I felt like we had like done it. We just done it for so long and, uh, yeah, I just felt the time had come to to move on. Oh, here I reviewed Echoes of the Past on Punk News too. I'm just oh, like, cool. I think I reviewed a Dead Moon record. <laughs> Is that that's um, the was that the compilation that was on Sub Pop? It, yeah, it was, uh, right? let's so see. Good. Yeah, like I remember because I didn't I didn't know them at the time, and it was a weird record to like get into them on. Well, it's kind of like the greatest hits. I think it's hits and B sides, or I remember there's yeah. two discs, but yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. But like usually you don't get into a band on the B sides. It's like usually right. that's like for fans. Right. And it got sent to me because Sub Pop, like for the past decade, Sub Pop has sent me like everything. Like I'm sorry to say I don't think I've paid for any of your records because I just get them all. Well, that's like most people. So, <laughs> so I, I, I must apologize, but I, I would write the reviews. Um, yeah, Sub Pop is fucking amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, Saddle Creek has been sending me stuff since the early aughts as well. And you guys, Thermals, you guys did stuff on there too. Right, right. Um. Yeah, you guys were in a trio of really good killer rock stars. We're like, we want to put on a record on every cool label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, so then rather than, so then what, what made you decide rather than forming a new band to, to, to just do a solo record? Just easier? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd spent a couple years just like producing other people's records, which I still have kind of been doing. But um, for the past couple years, it was like I was really busy with that. And then it was just got to a point where I had a couple months off and I just decided like I'm working on all these other bands records, but I'm not working on my own stuff. So I just felt like I should, uh, you know, I had like all these ideas for songs. I was like, I should just, I should just do this. Um, mm -hmm. and before the thermals and even, you know, the thermals started with just me recording songs at home. It's just something that I yeah. enjoy doing. Um, yeah. And I, I've just been liking recording solo, playing solo, like going, you know, you don't have to load a whole band into a place. You can just take your guitar right. and go. Right. There's something really low key about it. And so I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me and and my wife were a, our our band out over Laura was a duo for six and a half years. I was like the joke how oh yeah we're like they might be giants. We're in our John Henry period now. We're a five piece now, <laughs> but right. we were a, a duo for six and a half years. And and we'd we'd call our our little tours torcations because we just point ourselves towards like a place we wanted to go. Yeah, and totally. We tore we'd torn my hatchback. So it was it was super easy, and I played the drums, and then I, I miss playing drums now because it was me on all the records, and and 
So it it is fun to just be able to bash out every instrument and just get everything layered. It's very satisfying, right? Right, right, yeah. And you can just get things exactly the way you want them to. It just it's total sure. control. Yeah, nice. <laughs> total control. I know. I'm trying to learn how to relinquish relinquish control to these other guys. Like, yeah, maybe you should play this on the on on the keyboards. No, I mean, just make up your own thing. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right. It's a delicate task. So uh, let's let's talk about your solo record and play a little something. Okay. So this came out in November. November twelfth. And you yeah. self-released it, so you just wanted to go like uh, DIY and just kind of do do it all yourself, yeah? Yeah, and I, I had just been kind of sitting on it for a couple months, not sure what I was going to do, and then, I mean, I liked, I kind of like that about just, like, I'm going to press vinyl and stuff eventually, but the thing about Sweet. digital is that you can just do it whenever you want. Just like one week, I was just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to release this record next week. Nice. So just <laughs> nice. the next week, I just released it. And it was so, uh, it was awesome. Because I wasn't, like, I'm going to tour this year, but I didn't have to, like, you know, usually when you're on a label, there's so many things you have to set up and you need to, like, plan, like, months and months in advance yeah. for press and for tour yeah. and for all this. And I was just like, I don't, I'm not going to hire a publicist. I'm not going to go on tour, like, at least not right now. Nice. I can just release this record whenever I want, and I can. Just yeah, you're not like, obligated. Hey, yeah. to do anything for anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, there's, really, pretty... there's like a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, that's that's great, and I'm a big fan of this uh, purpley cover art. It's very oh, cool. soothing to me. Yeah, is yeah, that I like that. Sand or what is that? Yeah, yeah, it is sand. It's the desert. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so let's. Uh, when I when I when I was listening to this, I've I've given it you know a handful of spins, and to me. Um, I don't know if this this reference will 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 hit with you or not, but have you ever heard the band uh, "Someone Still Loves You," Boris Yeltsin? Yeah, and you know Chris Walla, who produced a bunch of Thermals records. Yes, he he produced at least one or maybe a couple of their records as well. Yeah, he he did "Let It Sway." I'm not sure. I've reviewed most of their records too, and and I'm friends with Phil from that band. But uh, they're like. I don't. I mean, they're an indie pop band, I guess, for lack of a, a better term. Yeah. Um. And to me, this this solo record is great because I fucking love that band and I love the Thermals. And this is almost as as if uh, someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin, was going to cover the Thermals. Right. I don't, oh, that's cool. I don't know what it is about that because it's like it's like an indie pop take on, uh, you know. I mean, you're, I love your songwriting, obviously, um, but it's this kind of more chill. Hushed version, I, I, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I was just trying to do something much more mellow than the thermals, but the way I write songs, it's very hard for it to not still sound at least a little bit like the thermals. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you wrote all those songs. What would be funny if, if this was called fucking A, but then it sounded like this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the album's called Only Water, and uh, I know you want to play a certain song. Yes. I will try to forget you. Is that yes. the one you mentioned? Yeah. yeah. So let's listen to this one off uh, Hutch Harris' solo record, Only Water. I will try to forget you. I'm sorry I was cold. I was lost in myself. I'm sorry for the hope I gave you that I could be somebody else. You're out of my life You're still in my head I will try to forget 
to forget I will try to forget I felt this way Try not to even breathe your name Try not to make the mistakes I made with you I will try to forget I felt this way Try not to even breathe your name Try not to make the mistakes I made with you So let's get into uh, how you became a fan of They Might Be Giants. So tell us a little bit about how that came to be, how you got to know them, how old you were, what uh, songs or albums you heard first, and uh, and take it from there. So I'm pretty sure I the first time I heard and saw They Might Be Giants was the Anna Ng video on MTV 120 Minutes. Yes. <laughs> nice. And then I also remember, like, I remember seeing them on that show and then somehow i don't know what it was i think that may have been like 120 minutes like like video cassette comp because i remember i had some hmm. uh like a vhs cassette that was like i don't know maybe like uh jesus and mary chain or like sisters oh. of mercy and i'm pretty sure that anna ing was on that as well but i definitely the first time I heard them, so uh, so that's Lincoln, right? Is Anna Ng on Lincoln? Yep. Yeah, yeah first track yeah. off Lincoln. Um, and then, yeah, I just, uh, there was just something about like how, you know, especially like on on 120 Minutes where everything was so cool, like yeah. they might be giants were like so weird and nerdy compared to all the, <laughs> the other Jesus bands. Chain. <laughs> Yeah, and then when, like, <laughs> Birdhouse in Your Soul came out, yeah, yeah, or Sisters of Mercy, like, it's crazy, yeah. like, what, yeah, yeah some of the coolest bands ever. Yeah, too cool, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I just remember when Flood came out, it was massive, like, in my group of friends, that was just, like, a massive, I mean, so was Apollo 18, maybe even more so, but Flood, yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, Flood was a platinum record, too, it's just, like, such a huge thing, and yeah. Birdhouse So how, how old your were you was, then when, uh... Uh, when, so when I would have been Anna like, and Flood, yeah. uh, probably like I was either 13 or 14. I feel like I was a mm-hmm. freshman. I'm pretty sure that I was either a junior or a senior when Apollo 18 came out. And so, yeah, I think nice. did Flood come out in 90. It's a brand new record for 1990. Right. There you go. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would have been, I think I was 13. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Apollo 18 was the album I got into when I was 13, and then I went back to Flood. Uh, 13's a good age to be getting into, uh, sucking into cool music. and uh, Totally. I think a lot of people might not, people that don't get it 
might not think they might be giants are cool, but they're totally fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can be nerdy and cool at the same time, yeah. especially now. Yeah, Right. To me, I mean, what was punk about them is that they didn't give a crap. They did whatever the hell they wanted. I mean, and that's why, like you said, like in Anna Ng, like the video, it's not like anything else. Like they're not, they've got their own version of cool. Yeah, and it's just weird and mysterious. And the thing is, like, on the surface, they appear to be this very innocent kind of, like, kooky band. But yeah. there's so many lyrics about death and murder, <laughs> especially. There's so many. Just being depressed. Like, when I, I mean, obviously dead. But then also I was thinking of, like, the song Turn Around uh, from uh-huh. Apollo 18 is so... <laughs> There's just a lot of on Apollo team in general. There's a lot of uh, so dark. There's a lot of killing people. Yeah, there's a lot of human skulls on the ground. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. To me, I think that's always been a fixture of my songwriting. Not even realizing it, probably is that to try and make the most catchy songs you can, but the lyrics have to be very sad lyrics with very happy melodies. Right is 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 the key. That's and the songs key. about dying or or killing other people are great. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, so much, so much of the thermals. You know, like we had a whole. There's now yeah. we can see is about dying or being dead, and then desperate ground is about killing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, good, good topics, fun stuff. Oh man, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so so yeah. Speaking of which, you you picked a song called dead <laughs> off flood so why why did you pick dead <laughs> well um do you know the band hop along yeah oh yeah so i was hanging out they we've done some we did we have done like a bunch of shows together in the past um and we've known them for a long time and i was hanging out with francis uh who's the singer and she she was just playing this mix she had and dead came on. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, I hadn't heard it in so long, but that was like, it's one of the songs I just loved from flood. And, um, we actually, her and I, a couple years ago did a cover of it. Um, uh-huh. and then later I, I promised her I would never cover it without her. Um, but we did, we just did it at one show in LA. Um, and it was uh-huh. really cool, but we do have plans one day. Uh, to do a recording of it. But yeah, so it was Francis that got me back into that song. Um, Yeah, and it was just so cool because I had never, besides like the the kids who I grew up with and went to high school, I hadn't really met, uh, I hadn't met anyone like recently who was like a big, uh, they might be Giants fan. So that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. This song really sticks out on Flood uh, for being very stripped down. Right. It's mostly just him and a piano, I think, right? Yep, it's just John Linnell and a uh, piano. I mean, I'm looking at the... Uh, have you ever visited the This Might Be a Wiki? TMBW. Uh, I, I know I went... <laughs> I mean, I, there's a whole website for that has like their tablature and lyrics and stuff. Is that That's, just part yep. of there? Yeah. Yeah, the wiki, it's it's exhaustive. Like, it, it, even for me, I mean, I've called them my favorite band for a long time, and I, you know, I do this podcast, but I'm constantly finding out, you know, there's no way to know everything about this band. They have, like, eight, they have 800 fucking songs. Yeah, yeah, so it's insane. So, it's nuts. And, but this one, like, you go, so, yeah, if you go to tmbw.net and you search this song, uh, it's got 
trivia about the songs, you got the lyrics, uh, interpretations, which are always fun to look at, fan uh-huh. submitted interpretations, and then uh, the credits, the guitar tab, and some chronology of like demos and stuff, which we'll talk about in a sec. But yeah, the credits just lead vocal, John Linnell, backup vocal, John Linnell, keyboard, John Linnell. That's it. That's it. Right. Yeah, and like they were so defined by like these crazy drum machine things, and uh, you know, Flansburg kind of had a punk style to his his guitars playing, uh, Flansburg's guitar, um, and that's absent. So it really kind of sticks out as like the, um, you know, because it's right after like some big like of the hits, the hits on the album, you know. He's really like bashing the keys really hard oh, too. Yeah. He's like really, I think he's like mashing some of the notes too, where I'll be <laughs> like, cause I remember when we were learning it, I was like, just like, uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like he, the, the performance, <laughs> like I remember thinking, you know, it's kind of this like stately, you know, like piano song, but really like when you listen closely to it, he's beating the hell out of the keys. Oh yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really smashing, smashing the keys here. Um, I just noticed that this is the longest song on the... Oh, no, Whistling in the Dark is a little bit longer. What is it, one, like four minutes or five minutes? Uh, it, Dead is two minutes and 58 seconds. <laughs> but that's for, the longest song on the record. For, that's awesome. For They Might Be Giants... Well, Whistling in the Dark is three minutes, 25 seconds. <laughs> they, <laughs> that's they, great. They rarely even crack the like three and a half like radio single, you know, three. See, that's why they're such a great band. Yeah, all those songs, but there's no like wasted time. Yeah. 19 songs. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen the promotional commercial that they made for this album, but it's so great. Like, uh, they're like sitting in a diner, of course, like their coffee. And like, I'll probably just end up dropping a clip in here because I'm going to say it wrong, but it's something like one of them is like, uh, you buy a CD, most albums, they only have 10 or 11 songs. But instead of uh, cursing the dark, we decided to release an album with 19 songs. And that's a better value. Like something like that. <laughs> right. <And> it's like <laughs> so great. Hi. Thanks for joining us for coffee. I'm John. And I'm John of They Might Be Giants. And we've got a new album out on Electra Records. It's called Flood. This is our rock promotion video. So... Come on inside. Some records that come out today only have 10 songs or less. This makes us angry. But instead of cursing the darkness, John and I have decided to do something about it. We've put out a record with 19 songs on it. And that's why our record is better. If you buy our new album, Flood, you'll be getting songs like... Theme from Flood! Birdhouse in your soul! Birdhouse in your soul! Lucky Ball and Chain. Lucky Ball and Chain. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Dead. Dead. Your racist friend. Your racist friend. And so this song comes right after Istanbul, which was a big. Oh right. Despite, despite being a cover, everyone thinks it's by them, and it was a huge hit. Um. So after that, which had its own kind of feel, like dropping to to dead, just this really stripped down piano song makes it stick out even more like this this seems like a song where most bands would have thrown it on as like the last track or something oh it's the strip down song right put it right put it at the end so it really sticks out and um so let's so yeah the piano playing is definitely a, a key feature here uh it's almost like a bar sing-along for yeah people that yeah. are very depressed <laughs> so the lyrics to this song Obviously, without too much to talk about in the arrangement, the lyrics are are, are especially a feature 
Uh, what are your thoughts on the the lyrics to this song? We've already talked about how we love their their depressing uh, nature of their lyrics in general, but what what about this song draws you to it? Lyrically? I mean, it's one of those songs that kind of gives you a feeling without explaining like exactly what they're talking about. Like you know, yep. I returned a bag of groceries. There was taken off the shelf before the expiration date. Then I came back <laughs> as a bag of groceries. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why this is all happening. Uh (laughs) um the second verse about uh you know making his younger brother uh be his personal slave (laughs) i mean there's a lot of tmbg songs that are like that that i mean like the statue got me high is one of my favorite songs from them as well and i have no idea i have no idea what that song and anna ing as well i don't i mean anna ing i can tell that it's a love song um but i couldn't you know there's a lot of just confounding <laughs> lyrics yeah, on, on yeah. those records, which never bothered me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that about, I, I like when a band doesn't feel like they have to explain everything to you. Like anything you read mm-hmm. about like classic songwriting or about the rules of songwriting, it's always like you have to be very clear from, you know, the <laughs> verse sets up the story and the chorus just really explains to the listener what's happening. And I love right. bands that just say, you don't need to do any of that to have a good song. And what I keep finding out from my guests, I mean, my, the Anna Ng episode is really, is really great. The, because, uh, the, my friend Patrick that's on the Anna Ng episode is the guy that got me into they might be giants. So he's actually the only guest I've had on so far who has been into them. Or no, I guess I have two people that have been in the band, into the band longer than me Mm -hmm. because he got me into them and he had older brothers and stuff. Um, he may have had to be their personal slave. No, I don't know. So, uh, he, um, and when he was talking about Anna Ng, and a lot of people have said, like, even though their lyrics are so weird and it's very easy to get lost in, like, what, what does it all mean? I've come across so many people, because uh, I've recorded, this is my 34th episode I've recorded, even though I've only released 10. And there are so many people that are like, you know, I love everything about the lyrics, but I try not to think too hard about them. Right, and I think you know, and what I love about this band is you can enjoy them without, like, there are a lot of really brainy bands out there. I mean, well, there's bands that are known for being really intelligent lyrics, and it's almost like they want you to decode them or think really hard about them. While they might be giants, you could do that, but you don't necessarily have to to enjoy them. Yeah, I had this conversation with a friend of mine about Purple Toupee because I was trying to figure yeah. it out, and I do think there's something to be figured <laughs> out there. But he was. He told me that I was wasting my time. Um, although I do feel like Purple Toupee is about how we're all uh, like just how stupid people are and how we confuse history <laughs> and how we think we know history. I mean, because the oh, lyrics God. of Purple Toupee are just like a very uh, a person who is very confused <laughs> explaining the you know yeah. past hundred years and, of American history. Yeah, just think about today's political landscape. It completely applies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fuck, like the Republican Party saying like, well, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. It's like fucking God, you don't know anything. About, you don't know shit about fuck, man. <laughs> right. When And when Trump was running for president, I, I made a, uh, a purple toupee joke at some point because it was just such a uh, all the message <laughs> was so convoluted and it was just someone who has like no grasp or knowledge of history. He <laughs> trying yeah. to explain history to you. That song is especially fun, and yeah, because like Chinese people were fighting in the park. He's talking about Vietnam, but he's like, "Oh, Chinese people!" Like it's like basically 
it's basically calling out racists. It's like, yeah, weren't there some Chinese people? We tried to help them. They didn't right. appreciate it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Martin X combining Martin Luther King. Oh, you only outlawed bell bottoms. Yeah. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's a great one. So uh one of my favorite things about Dead is the is Linnell doing the backing vocals for himself. Uh I, I'm assuming you're a fan of that as well. Right, like on the right about on the bridge. Like yeah, really all over all the those place. High notes. Yeah. I mean the right, bridge right? is especially interesting because it's very the backing vocals are very weird. He's just like saying like one word at a time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the, I'm looking at the wiki, the lyrics right now, and it has the back of vocals in parentheses. And so it says parentheses, so, so I won't, parentheses, sit, sit at home, and then and, and it just says and, 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 because he just keeps saying and, and. Right. I know. <laughs> it just gets stuck on the word. <laughs> There's there's a funny little trivia here. Um, yeah, they never really explain their songs lyrically, but there is a little thing. Linnell's been, um, he said, he said, I think I ripped the vocal interplay off from the Proclaimers. From what? <laughs> the Proclaimers. Oh, weird. <laughs> Which is a funny little thing, and I just start thinking about Proclaimer songs, and I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Um, but. I love how Linnell just plays up like the, some people call it nasal. I call it reedy, like the reedy nature of his voice. Oh yeah. I got and the same thing going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, what's funny. I don't know if it's just because I, um, grew up listening to they might be giants so much, but I, I, apparently I sound like the Johns too, or Linnell, especially I think, cause I've, I've taught some of my, I'm an elementary music teacher and I've taught some, uh, they might be giant songs in my classes and I'll, I'll play like, Oh, here's a new one. Let's listen to it first. And they're like, is that you? It sounds like you. And I'm like, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. And him harmonizing with himself. It's almost like, like two oboes playing together. I would say his voice is like an oboe or something. (laughs) Right. Maybe like a clarinet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I always say Flansburg no, is, no, like is kind of like an oboe, and Linnell's yeah. like an oboe. <laughs> They're both reedy, but in their own right, way. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. And just the and 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 underneath, like he's like like a drone, like some sort of like human bagpipe underneath his own vo- his melody. <laughs> right. Yeah. When Frances and I played that song, she was singing those backups, and she loved that. That was like That's her great. favorite part. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's got some really good backups in the verses too. Like, uh, uh, did a large procession wave there? Did a oh right large pro <laughs> dance? <laughs> did they go? Did he go to music school, or did both of them go to school for music? I forget. You know, this is something that's a little fuzzy for me, and while I'm getting the, the quote-unquote newer members of the band on the podcast, I'm hoping, like, I've I've been talking to Pete, their manager, so hopefully someday, cross your fingers, I'll get them on here. I want to ask them all of this stuff, because interviews you read, it's like, let's talk about your new album. It's like, I want to talk about all the stuff that nobody, like, how do I not know that? Like, yeah, well, did you listen to band. them on, uh, did you hear them on Mark Marin's podcast? 
Yes. I love the episode, but I forget. Uh, no, I can't remember if they talked about their. <laughs> I'm sure they must have touched. I mean, he's pretty thorough. But yeah, I remember yeah, really that's, that's liking the episode, but uh, I forget if they talked about school. Yeah, I I think you know I want to say that Linnell never took any, or he took like maybe a couple piano lessons, but he wasn't like classically trained. I believe. Right. Um, and I mean, just when you talk about those backing vocals, it it sounds like he was trained. Like he sounds, right. he they they really always sound like they know what they're doing. Yeah, even if they didn't go to school for, I mean, they went, they you know, they're both artistic. They both went to art school essentially, I think, really, but uh, not music school per se. And I just think they're just guys that they love learning stuff. And I think no matter what they're going to do, they're going to. If they need to do research on it, they're going to do research on it. They're going to they're going to make sure they do it well and not just half ass it. You know, right. they're going to they're going to make sure they know what they're doing. They're thorough. Um, yes, thorough and very intelligent guys. Um, and they like to teach other people stuff, like about James K. Polk or about mammals. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing mammal with my first graders. I'm like, this might be too hard. Like, I'm doing stuff on the off the kids' albums. Like, I wonder if they can do Mammal. And they're totally getting it. First grade. Oh, yeah. Mammal's awesome. so great. That's one of the best <laughs> songs. Yeah. And learning that piano part is nuts. It just keeps climbing up, climbing and climbing up the, right. the scale. Really hard. His piano parts are really hard. Like, he's a really good pianist. I know. That's what makes me think he, like, must have gone to school. Because it's so, he just sounds yeah. so, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like and, and, and I play the accordion as well. And um, my grandpa played the accordion. It's been passed down to me. And, uh, um. He's a good accordionist too, though I can tell I have taken accordion lessons. I can tell there's some things about his accordion technique. He hasn't been schooled in the accordion, but really he doesn't have to be. His piano skills right. are so great. His piano skills are so great that they transfer over to the, the accordion very well. Right. Oh, you'll have um, to tell him that when he's on the podcast. Oh, I'll be like, dude, the, <laughs> the bellows, you should not be moving the bellows like that. You're right. you're <laughs> <laughs> I, I I took I took when I was in my late twenties, took a couple years of accordion lessons from a Bulgarian woman who majored in accordion performance in Bulgaria. Cause apparently you can do that in Bulgaria. That uh, sounds, yeah, sounds right. <laughs> She's so sounds good. Right. And refused to play polka. I was in an accordion ensemble with six accordions in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> All right. Refused to do polka. We were doing like portions of symphonies, like on six accordions or like Bach, these huge wow. like hymns <laughs> on, on accordion. It was, it was pretty massive because six accordions sounds real thick. It's, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, that sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We forgot to talk about the dial a song version. I want you to check out a second of that. Dude. Oh, there's a dial a song version. Cool. Okay. There yeah. Is. Um, here I got the doc here. Um, oh yeah. Should we look at that? Should we look at the dial a song? Yeah. Let's do that first. So I think it should be queued up to it, but it's part of a massive hour and a half dial a song bootleg compilation. <laughs> I'll never see myself in a mirror with my eyes closed. 
Some of the backing, backing vocals are not there yet, but the and, and, and is already in the, as part of it. When is it from? Do you know? Uh, let's see. According to the wiki, the it's got a question mark next to it. Not even the wiki knows. <laughs> I don't know. 89 probably, you know? Yeah, figure, but but there were some songs they had kicking around for a long time that later made it onto stuff. Yeah, this is a bootleg, and what I can figure out is it sounds higher, but is it because, like, the tape machine was playing it slightly faster or something in the transfer? Like, this thing I feel like is like a Xerox of a Xerox. You know, it's just like a copy of a what, copy. Do you know what key? I know that we were playing it in D, but I think that we had, like, keyed it down do you know did they play it in e let me let me see the tab you know sadly they don't have piano notation on the wiki but the guitar tab says it's in e yeah yeah i remember uh so you took it down yeah yeah i took it down probably to hit there were probably a few high notes that i was uh that i wanted mm-hmm. to be like a, a step lower sure um but also, I don't know because like who's who's putting that tab out there? Is it T? Is it? I don't think it's the band, right? I feel like so often I'll, no. I'll get tab and it's not correct. Yeah, but often like there's like ultimate dash guitar, like that one, like is just like anything goes, you know. And there's a million yeah. versions, and half of them are wrong. Right. This like the the wiki has some editors and and stuff that that go through stuff. I mean, there's so much information. It's not guaranteed to all be right, but these are fan submitted. But usually stuff will be corrected if someone, if a fan submits it and someone else like writes them is like, that one chord's wrong. Like they'll go change it. Right. Of course it <laughs> so, is. Because it's easier to just yeah. like correct someone else's mistake than it is to like do your own version. <laughs> well, sure. But it, but it is better in a way rather than having like eight different versions and be like, which one's the good one? You know, yeah, I'm always one, like, yeah. I'm, it's so weird how many people do tab but they like can't hear like a seventh or a minor chord. People think just like every yeah. every song is only just major chords. It's really <laughs> yeah. And also, I've been learning a lot of covers like in the past couple of years more than I used yeah. to. And it's just crazy how many how much bad tab is still out there. I feel like it's gotten better over the years, but there's still a lot of junk mm-hmm. tablature. Yeah, most of the time I like just figuring stuff out by ear, but with They Might Be Giants, like especially Linnell's stuff, like there's just so many chord changes. By the time you figure out what the first chord was, you're already like four chords behind. Right. Well, like (laughs) Dead, the verses are pretty simple, but that, uh, like the B part or the whatever you want to call the, you know, did a large procession, the like the yeah. pre-chorus. That is like, yeah, there's a lot of chords. I mean, anytime I'm learning a song on guitar that has been played on piano, it's always uh-huh. there's always yep. a ton of more chords just because you're doing those different voicings and just like dropping like one note out of a chord or down. Yeah, or uh, like the bass, the bass starts walking down. This right, is, right. This is a problem when I was doing a Bowie tribute band after he died too, because I was like, wait a second. This it doesn't make any fucking sense for guitar, so I'd end up doing stuff on keyboards. So I'm like, oh, the left hand is just walking down the scale, but on guitar, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's cool because I mean, sometimes it's difficult, but it'll make you think about guitar yeah. or what a different instrument differently, which is cool. But yeah, sometimes right. it is not. Uh, there's some stuff that doesn't translate uh, great to guitar. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm 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 gonna you know I can't find this this flood live in Australia. You know, if you ever want to pick it up, it's it's free on the their official website. Uh-huh. Uh The whole album live in Australia, and it's really well recorded and all that. It doesn't seem to be on the streaming stuff for me to easy easily send you a link. So you can check that out later okay. if you want. It's it's a pretty cool version. They actually do it in reverse order the track list. They, for some reason they play it backwards. They start with a road movie to Berlin. Huh. And then were they <laughs> and, playing with the yeah. band at that point? Yeah, in 2013. Yeah. Oh, in sure. 2013. Start, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's there's some live versions out there um, floating around on like bad, you know, I don't know. People didn't have cell phones, you know, when they first were doing it. There's some cool, cool, really grainy videos. Like get some lo-fi back when lo-fi was like not intentionally lo-fi. When people would like you know? sneak in like Hi8 or like even VHS yeah. cameras. That's insane that people would sneak those in because those were big cameras. And it was not legal. Uh, yeah, it's so right. weird. Oh, I did include this one on the um, on my Google Doc I'm forgetting about. Uh, TMBG Unlimited was a th- thing they did for a few years, uh, releasing basically like an EP like every month of like weird tracks and B-sides and, and live versions. So there was one of the EPs was called The Flood Show, and it was a recording from 2000. Uh-huh. Um, so if you want to... Let's, let's check that out real quick. I'm going to go three, four... Three, four. I returned a bag of groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before the expiration date. I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before the date stamped on my It's so weird to hear like a whole band playing it. Yeah, like the drums to it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe a little weird. I think this I think strip down is is uh is the way to go uh for that one. Yeah, there's something about the original version of Dead where it's almost like he's doing like he's at a recital. And so it kind of <laughs> it makes the lyrics all the more uh kind of weird and creepy too because to be Or like an or like an open mic night or something. Yeah, yeah. Up there totally. and bashing it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To just like a bar full of really confused people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um <clears throat> Do you have time to talk about a few covers? Because there's a couple notable ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Steve Burns, who is famous for being the host of Blue's Clues, right. did a cover of this. That's so crazy. So it's that well, does first he do one right that? there. Does he just like does Check he it just out, do man. covers of songs? I, I, I think he has a band. I don't know, but it's kind of a cool little music video, too. Accidentally taken off the shelf before the expiration date. I came back as a bag of groceries. 
accidentally taken off the shelf before the date stamped on myself. It kind of makes sense that he would do. <laughs> so weird. What is it? Like with a banjo? Yeah, it's some. Feels like it's maybe a guitar with like an open tuning or something. Is this? Is he like the main guy from? I'm a little too old to. I mean, I I know Blue Clues. Well, yeah, me too. Blues Clues, yeah, but no, he's he's the but guy. He was like the guy. Okay, right. Yeah, he's kind of like a cult hero, a right? Bit. Like people really like him. Yeah, I was reading up about him, and apparently he came in thinking it was a voiceover thing, and he came in all scraggly with long hair and like a uh-huh. nose ring. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> "This like, is the uh, guy." <laughs> yeah, well, they focus grouped it, and they're like, kids like this guy. They're like, dude, you gotta just, like, cut your hair. <laughs> right, I mean, they cleaned him up. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this drum machine starts coming in around 50 seconds or so. Yeah, it's Honestly, I think cool. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, he did something with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and the video is cool. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, are you familiar with Car Seat Headrest? Yeah, that's kind of shocking to me that he did a cover. Of, yeah, uh, check it out. And I made a little note there. It gets it gets interesting. It's a guitar-based cover, but it gets really good around uh, 145. Right. And what's this photo? Is this him when he was a kid? That must be, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really young. I will never say the word procrastinate again I'll never see myself in the mirror with my eyes closed I didn't apologize for when I was eight And I made my younger brother have to be my personal slave Did a large perception wave their torches as my head fell in cool it's kind of rad when you think like you're the only person that likes some song that you think is relatively obscure and then you go on Uh youtube and there's like a thousand covers of it oh my god yeah i mean i guess i mean yeah i mean that record sold like over like it sold a couple million copies so it's not like none of it's obscure yeah Yeah, it went it went platinum actually right only platinum record right and their other their other top five records that that went gold are all kids albums (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy that Apollo 18 did Apollo 18 not go platinum it's so no because you have like not. the guitar and also I mean it yeah the fact hits. that the statue got me high I mean really I would guess that it's because no one knew like what the hell that song's about but it's still it's just so beautiful <laughs> but the guitar seemed to get it definitely got played on MTV a lot yeah yeah Back yeah. when there were cool music videos and I know MTV. back when like it really seemed like there were bands that MTV liked and even if they weren't like the biggest bands, they would still play them a lot because it's just like whoever programming yeah. was into it. Yeah, right. Like, they had good yeah, or tapes. like maybe they'd play them late at night, but they'd still play them. Right. You know. Um. 
Okay, so then one more. I got. Uh, I got to let you hear. Jeez, I don't know how to narrow this down. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at the little notes I've made about them. The uh, uh, this guy that goes by the name uh, Astral B. I think I'm going to be able to get him on an episode, but he's been doing stuff. They might be Giants covers on YouTube since YouTube was like brand new. Practically. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, he had a piano cover of this from, I think, 2008. Uh, and he did all these piano covers. But this one, he actually did like a full They Might Be Giants set. And here he's playing accordion on it. Uh, and he's he's really freaking good. Like this only has, I'm going to give it its seventh like. It only has 262 views. And no comments. But it's awesome. No so, comments. Now, see, like these guys, this looks correct. This looks like the, the right. dudes who would be covering TMBG. Yep. Couple yep. dads with the guitar and uh, and an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out a minute of this. This guy's really good at keyboards. are they the light show is insane yeah. <laughs> it's like clearly some little cheesy bar look at that like decal of a saxophone dude on the wall i know god yeah the lights are too much but but dude's fucking good at according yeah why are there so many buttons on an accordion like what do you know his what? actually isn't even a full-size accordion right, a, right. my accordion piano accordion has 140 bass keys his so like looks what, like it's yeah. maybe like an 80 key. So, well, the way that accordion bass keys work, and this is why I took lessons, they're set up in the circle of fifths. Uh-huh. So they're not they're not set up, uh, you know, in alphabetical order. They're set up so like C is like a very important note on the piano, obviously. Right. And it'll usually have like a little indentation, or mine has like a little rhinestone on it, and you can find the C, because you can't see those when you're playing it, hanging off you. Right, yeah, so yeah. So you, you feel for the C, and okay. then... The one right below it is an F, and right above the C is a G. So oh, okay. you've got your one, one, four, five right there. And then the diagonal rows, it'll have the C bass, C major, C minor, C7, C diminished. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> this is why I took lessons. I'm like, I know how to play the piano side. I need to know how to play right, the other side. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, which makes it really easy to play folk songs or most rock songs. Um, but then you get some They Might Be Giant stuff, which has a ton of chords. Is You could play it on the piano side, but on the bass side it makes it tricky. Because if it's w- walking, it's not made to walk. It's made to play one, four, five, and then jump to the six or whatever. Right. You know. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So easy to play polkas, hard to play rush, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. As it should yeah. be. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so 
Yeah, I think uh, if we're if we're running low on time, we could just the the you've got access to this Google Doc. If you have time to kill later, you can. Hey, cool, look at cool. weird. I have one that I put. Holy shit, puppets! <laughs> <laughs> See, that you makes can sense check that too. One out later. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think it comes the time in the show where I'm going to make you score this song from one to ten, and you can use decimals. because uh, there's so much to think about here. But what, the way that most of my fans have been rating the songs is against other They Might Be Giant songs. Right. So you don't have to score dead against, like, Let It Be or something like that, right? Oh, it would still do um, pretty well, I think. Yeah, my, I, I mean, I, I know it right? would, right? Yeah. <laughs> as far as piano-based songs go, this right. one might be better. Uh, I, I'll just leave it at that. What do you, what do you think? What do you, what do you give it? I would give it, like, 8.5, I think. Um, nice. only because mm-hmm. there are a few, they might be giant songs that are definitely above it. Like I would think like to me, like mammal is like a nine, uh, Anna Ng nice. and the statue got me high are tens, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. And those would be tens for me, like up against any other song as well. Um, oh, yeah. so yeah, there's, uh, but there's just something, uh, I don't know what the word is it about dead there's something really like brash and just like, uh, it, it, obviously it's not, you know, it's not the catchy hit that, uh, that the statue got me high is, but there's just something really, uh, for all it's, uh, you know, despite the fact that it sounds like it's being played at a recital, like it's still, is this kind of like dirty and dark song. And I really like yeah. that about it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah, this, this one was always one of my favorites too. Um, and at the time when I was first hearing it, I was not a piano player in the least. So I was very impressed by the, the rock and roll nature of it. I don't think I'd yet, I hadn't yet gotten into like Ben Folds or that kind of stuff yet. Um, but you can like, I would love to hear Ben Folds do a cover of this. Honestly. I bet he would keep kill it. Oh, I, bet. I mean, talk about totally. mashing the keys. Like he can beat the hell out of it. Right. Right. Like, like leaning over, like, uh, on a drum stool, you know, like he does and just smashing and then like maybe like cutting a string inside the piano at the end of it. Did you ever watch uh, the Larry Sanders show? You know, you're the second person this week to tell me I need to watch it. I did not. Oh, have, you absolutely have. HBO, to. Right. Um, and cause you know, there's real musical guests. I mean, like Elvis Costello is on it. The Wu-Tang was on it, but there's a Ben Folds oh, wow. appearance and the bands really play like they're on a real talk show. <clears throat> and, uh, it's a really kind of funny performance because they're looking at each other like, is this a joke or what? But also at the same time, he's like beating the hell out of the piano. It's a really, it's a really cool nice. performance. Yeah, totally worth checking out. I will out. check that out. That I bet you can HBO, just find it on YouTube right? too. What's that? Yeah. That was on HBO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did not have uh, HBO at all during that era, so I need to definitely check that yeah, out. Yeah, they used yeah. to show reruns like after SNL, like end of the 90s oh. and stuff, and I would always see it then. But yeah, it's it's great. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Oh, you so know I what? Think I, think I, I think they might be giants were on it. I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to look. Well, you got me now. Now I'll, I'll definitely need oh, to watch. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they absolutely are. Yeah, yeah. If you just oh. search TMBG. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, here I, we I, go. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing it right now. What the hell song did they play? It's so cool because, you know, they, they filmed it with, you know, it's like the show they filmed, the show was on film, but when they're on the, when they're doing the actual TV show, they cut to video 
And so, like, it looks exactly like a band playing on, like, you know, The Tonight Show or something. Oh, here's Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it, it's worth it just, you know, for the performances and the and the guests and stuff. But just, like, the show in general is just, like, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like, someone, like, two days ago told me, is like, have you seen the Larry Sanders? Yeah, I'm like, I yeah, you I got to. Uh-huh. Oh, let me skip ahead. Yeah, does it oh, say what they're song? playing S-E-X-X-Y. Off of Factory Showroom, S-E-X-X-Y. So what year would that, is that like, that's like late that, 90s, well, That album right? came out in 96. Right, right. So this would have been like 96, 97 probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. That's fantastic. Man, thank God for YouTube, right? Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm going to give this song a solid eight. Cool. Um because I I've got to score them all. I'm on every t- episode. I can't throw around too many tens, but this song is fucking incredible. Yeah. And thank you for picking it. I'm very glad to to get to talk about it with you. Uh, yeah, man, this has been super fun. Thank you so much for being on. And everybody should go listen to Hutch's new solo record. It is incredible. Uh, you're gonna release it on vinyl maybe later. That yeah, cool. I think a couple months uh, from now. Hell yeah. Yeah. It, it'll, even if you sent it out today, it would take a couple months for them to press it. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> hey, I got to say thanks to Francis because she was the one who reminded me about this song. And you should totally have her on the podcast if you oh. watch. I'm sure she would like to. I'll, I'll, please. I'll, I'll if tell you her give about me the it. the contact there. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes. Tight. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to plug? You want to give people some links to stuff or social media? Anything um, like that? Yeah. All my social media stuff is at Instant Anxiety. That's uh, Instagram, <laughs> uh, whatever, Twitter, etc. And then, yeah, and then you can just, uh, my record's on Bandcamp, Hutch Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks again, Hutch. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. Yeah, of course. All right. So that'll do it for another episode. And yeah, let's, uh, let's just uh, call it a day. I'm dead. This Might Be Podcast is engineered, mixed, mastered, produced by me. I do all of this stuff. We are hosted by punknews.org and are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Please go listen to the OG Punk News Weekly Pod. It's a uh, roundtable focused on punk and rock and roll, but often discussing other genres. Uh, And that uh, podcast is just called the Punk News Podcast. And then my other podcast through the punk news network is called best midwestern it is all about midwestern music with again with a focus on rock but we've been doing a state-by-state project and we just released our episode on south dakota we've already done episodes on north dakota missouri iowa indiana michigan so go listen to those we talk about uh the history of music in the states talk about all kinds of genres and then get up to modern music with a focus on underground punk rock emo indie etc so check those out the punk news podcast bestman western podcast go check out punknews.org we post articles about these very episodes and you can chat with people on there as well Please call and leave us a voicemail, 224-801-2930. You can email us, too, at um, thismightbeapod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at thismightbeapod, facebook.com slash thismightbeapodcast. And um, uh, 
Give us some feedback. What do you think? Tell us your opinions. I might have you on as a guest. Thank you.